This episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Um, you, hey, Roars. You guys are the best and the brightest. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a a totally free and liberated favorite. <laughs> oh, gosh, the wind is in our hair, Gary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just just try laughing. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, gosh. That actually yeah. does fit in the context of that scene, too. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah. Man, I need to play that. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for it to go on sale on the uh, remake. But... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah, so we're, we're talking about your responses to Chalice Dungeons. Uh, this yeah. is the most responses we've gotten to anything. Um, <laughs> you know, more people responded to this than did to my wedding invites. Jeez, <laughs> like, Gary. That, that's not true. I'm just Whoa. <laughs> well, I mean, like we had to divorce for some reason. Um, yes. Ah, man. A divorce is really the Chalice Dungeon of of real life. Yeah. Um, I, anywho. <laughs> I don't have anything to say to that. No, it's not, there's nothing to say about it. It's just uh, it's just chalice fatigue, <laughs> chalice talking fatigue. Um, but yeah, we wide and varied opinions on chalice dungeons, mm-hmm. and we're gonna read them. <laughs> we're gonna do that. Uh, we we have some rapid fire responses here at the start that we're just gonna kind of read and then uh, offer a small comment on, and then uh, go back and forth and bounce them. So we have uh, So Hosnick from the uh, from the Facebook page saying they were pretty cool. Also, had the toughest boss. That could have been literally seven of them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a uh, uh, no and yes, respectively. <laughs> um, yeah, and and we we get these kind of these super short responses and other things too, and we don't always include them. Um, it's fitting to include them now, though, because uh, one, the the chalice dungeons are these big sprawling nightmares with no sense of restraint. Mm-hmm. So why should we? Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, uh, just because we want to give, since this is like a controversial or at least an antagonistic episode, we yep. want to give fair consideration to uh, dissenting opinions. Yeah. Um, Martin Bradshaw says via Facebook, um, I didn't get the point of them. They felt like they added nothing. Cornmeal. Mm-hmm. Cornmeal, man. Yeah. Cornmeal. <laughs> Cornmeal in your day. <laughs> um, Angel or Angel Mirabal uh, writes in via Facebook saying, I like them. It was additional stuff to do while waiting for the DLC. I could see that. Like, if you had finished this and were curious about something that was in there, maybe going in, but like, oh boy, if you just kept on playing. <laughs> if if Bloodborne had more of, like, if it was closer to what I want in a Souls game, that time would have been better spent trying a different build. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I did while waiting for the DLCs for other games in the series. Mm-hmm. But this game doesn't allow that. So I guess Chalice Dungeons are the alternative to that. <laughs> when did this become sexier than this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Has yeah. science gone too far? Yes, it's gone too far. <laughs> There's one weird trick that, that Miyazaki doesn't want you to know. Um, <clears throat> Kylo Pascal says, I basically ended up how I expected. Drum is good, but there just isn't enough bleed between their usual MO and good roguelikes. Yeah. And that's a good point. Like, right? Like, I, you, I'm you, i on the record on, on recording as being like, I'm pretty excited about Chalice Dungeons. It's like Isaac mixed with Bloodborne mm-hmm. without really stopping to think what that might look like. And that those games, I love them for very different reasons. And those two design philosophies are really antithetical. Like, roguelike elements don't work really <laughs> like there's a there's a sense of permadeath there's like a kind of, it's, it means the opposite of permadeath but there is like a death <laughs> with consequence but the rest of the things that are are hallmarks of the roguelike genre are not 
what from does yeah so i would agree with kylo there for sure um, let's see here. Christopher Truitt writes in via Facebook saying, a uh, good way to farm and level up the idea of different weapons and new enemies was fun. Bloodborne especially was a simplification, giving fewer options for more precise content. So this is an argument I've seen a bunch on the Slack too, was that the idea that, um, Bloodborne having fewer builds and limiting your playstyle was kind of a, a nod towards kind of Castlevania style, uh, level design where they could design encounters. Mm-hmm. around it because they knew which way you were approaching which i think is the idea but i feel like they just didn't do that and that's those are the times we're calling that out mm-hmm. right like the the encounters in the tales dungeons were complaining about or the uh the bosses were complaining about are not designed to the approach you're going to take mm-hmm. like and and they have less of an excuse they know which approach you're going to take <laughs> they don't have to be also like i feel like that argument presupposes and overvalues the idea of balance Oh, in yeah. a single player campaign mm-hmm. where balance is kind of boring in a single player campaign. Like yeah. you want like the most fun you can have or not the most fun, but a really fun thing to do is kind of create an imbalance or, or break a game system or something like that in ways that don't make it steamroll it, but like can steamroll parts of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like uh, in dark souls one, like sorcery builds are really fun. It, it, it is easier to play sorcery for a lot of it, but mm-hmm. there are also bosses that are harder yeah. with sorcery. Like I, died against Seath with my sorcerer like a dozen times, mm-hmm. whereas my main character was never that much of a problem. Yeah. Um, so the, it just changes the landscape. It doesn't make it, you know, it unbalances it in a way that ends up kind of balancing out, if that makes sense. Yeah. The, um, this, and I'm in favor of that. This is a time where the series's reputation for difficulty works against it. Um, kind of like charging into the uh, graveyard in Dark Souls 1 and thinking, well, this is just the way it is. Um, mm-hmm. and trying to power through that um at, you know outside of bloodborne if something is really hard you can um you know the, the smart player will adapt their strategy pick out a new weapon try out something different that is less rewarding here when there's nothing else to go to what what are these new strategies you're going to like there's nothing else to go to what are these new strategies you're going to pick like <laughs> the game doesn't want you to switch weapons you know you're given very limited upgrade materials um, they train you to use use a weapon. Um, and if you're used to, if you have certain high powered gems, they're not gonna work on your other weapons anyway. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, there's no option to respec if you're spec'd for a certain kind of thing. Like the game doesn't want like it limits your ability to change up your approaches, mm-hmm. you know, which is which is a fundamental souls thing, and this game doesn't isn't as interested in it. Yeah. Um, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're left with no option but to, you know. Push. Yeah. Yeah, just extrude through. Hashtag <laughs> filled with determination. <laughs> what? Um, uh, I'm making fun of Undertale. Okay. So right. I'm bringing that up because fuck it. <laughs> like, I had, a, I had a rough day. Uh, like, bring it. Bring it, nerds. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm over here. <laughs> so. is, uh, no, is, is, the, um, is this you or me? Uh, this is going to be you. Okay. Uh, Dalo Relance. Um, that Facebook says the Talos dungeons are the blood memories of those who explored those dungeons deep below. Um, okay. Huh. I mean, a ritual to like raise that up. I mean, yeah. I could see that as a medium. That, to, that actually, uh, like is an interesting idea for why so many things appear in the actual game, except it's kind of weird because we already have like a, a kind of face like or fake, um, not fake, but like a dream state, mm-hmm. like an established dream state in the game. Yeah. So like, it's kind of weird to have another one, but I, that's fine. Yep. Okay. You know, <laughs> dreams within dreams, like, man. Yeah, I would like to see that elaborated, but that's that's not an uncool idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Tanner Wolf writes in saying, um, 
uh, this episode is going to feel like arguing with your family at the dinner table. I liked the chalice stuff. I completely understand why you why you guys didn't. Uh, the fact that they have a separate scaling independent of new game plus status made them pretty manageable for me. Yeah, but soft caps on stats, dog. <laughs> yeah, like like the new game. I could be a new game plus seven. And I wouldn't be that much more powerful than I was now. Mm-hmm. For this, like fifty vitality level one twenty is, you know, like the the the. You know, you get to that terminal velocity of character growth, mm-hmm. and that you were talking about when you get the the bloodstones that kind of surpass that. But like, it's not like if I was in new game plus seven, I would be seven times more powerful than I was right. at, than I was now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's just it's diminishing returns. So like, I understand what you mean, but again, it it feels like it's a you know, for every design decision that there's a way to reason to do it. There's another one that gets in the way. Yeah, you know. So, um, so these are these are our more lengthy responses after our rapid fire. Uh, rapid shot um, <laughs> moving on to uh, Jenny Hudgens via Facebook uh, she says Bloodborne is my first foray into the Souls series and I think I'm in the minority but didn't mind the Chalice Dungeons so much except for the Thumerian Descendant he can take a long walk off a short pier Platinum Bloodborne so congratulations yeah. on the yeah. plat congratulations yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can't remember the Thumerian Descendant oh he was the caster he was like the caster but um, Thumerian, Thumerian Descendant is the... Uh, oh, the one that we had so much pr- trouble yeah, with. The Shodal, yeah, Shodal I, I got it mixed uh, up. Yeah. Thumerian Elder is the one with the crossbow. Yeah, caster. there we go. Yeah, and I that, like, that's a good fight. I, I liked him. him. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and I liked one of the Descendants. <laughs> um, Eric Bradford writes in via Facebook saying, I generally didn't like them except for the extra bosses. The Defiled Dungeon was an exception and was quite a bit of fun because of the handicap on health. Uh, beating the watchdog at half health was the most difficult boss fight of the whole game, including the old hunters, but also the most rewarding when I finally nailed it. Yeah, I didn't. I again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take away your good feelings if I could, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel rewarded when I when I did it. That that was not just, my experience. Yeah, I just I still <laughs> just felt ruining the times that I felt like I was playing just as well and just didn't do it because of dumb bad luck mm-hmm. and dumb design. So I can see that I can see that happening, but like I feel like not necessarily for you, but there ha- I feel like there is like a user base out there that is like feeling that way in something akin to Stockholm syndrome, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Uh, Skeleton Hero via contact says, "I can't believe I have to play six and a half of these fucking things to get my favorite weapon, the Beast Claw. If from intended for the Chalice Dungeons to make you feel like a member of the School of Mensis, sitting motionless with a giant cage over your head and a throbbing headache until you finally explode your brain into the Nightmare Realm, they have succeeded. Chalice Dungeons are the reason I have not and probably will never bother to platinum Bloodborne. Hmm. There's a large portion of our audience who likes to platinum games." Yeah, I, I'm, I've never understood that urge, but I'm, I'm again, I wouldn't take that away from you. Whereas I just like platinum games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I like bars of gold pressed platinum. Mm. Um, lucrative. Yeah, lucrative. That's the first rule. <laughs> the um, when I beat the chalices, somebody asked if I had the platinum. But on this character, I think there's something I didn't do. Yeah, uh, maybe I haven't fought Parl on this character. I might have fought him on another character mm. for to refresh my memory. But I don't care that much. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tim writes in via contact saying, "Ugh, these things are the worst. I just recently died to defiled watchdog for the 30th time and there is no hope left in the world. I feel like chalices would have been a good idea if they were optional challenge modes, but hiding important story behind them is just bad. Uh, it is the least fun I've ever had in a FromSoft game. Me too. Yeah. 
And I haven't that's... played every FromSoft game, but yeah, it's it's worse than you know the worst parts of any other one I've played. <laughs> and again, the, the the DLC kind of invalidates these, or at least makes them a footnote. But there's still like a, a, a cool boss fights behind this, so that makes it a shame that it's not worth getting to them. It doesn't invalidate it in canon, I don't think. Mm-hmm. It just it, it makes the story sloppier in a weird way. Yeah, by re- by replacing it, like we'll talk about it when we we talk about the thing. Yeah. But like, it just makes it feel like dead gods are everywhere <laughs> you know which are like you know their great ones are, or great one facsimiles are really common mm-hmm. which like kind of bums me out yeah um but yeah it, it is uh important content and it's very weird to hide it yeah um thomas call via facebook says the lead up and farming to get the depth five and additional right dungeons was tedious but it's been fun for me since depth five with additional rights dungeons are some of the most challenging content in bloodborne and it really tests your skills throwing the handy makeshift altar co-op and it's been a blast for me. Sad that most impressions of it were from the lackluster earlier depth dungeons. Hmm. Um, when I talk to uh, Allison and Jeremy, when they say that they they like Chalice Dungeons, like usually they will say that the story ones are pretty shitty um, and that there's more fun to be had in the kind of random ones. Um, I did one random one in the in the interest of due diligence. Like I yes. created a, a an Eyes Chalice Dungeon. And like I kind of could see what they meant. Like there were some new just layouts. Mm-hmm. Like I fought a guy and he was in a different arena. Yep. You know, like you can kind of see that that they do the random whatever algorithm they use can create some interesting situations. Yeah. Um, so I can see people people digging that. And and Jeremy said you run into weird enemies, mm-hmm. um, you know, that you don't run into otherwise. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot to go through to get a little, I feel like. Yeah, I did the same with a uh, lower Thumaru, which is kind mm-hmm. of like the last, you know, tile set that really feels like it's kind of balanced well to mm-hmm. me. Like I had fun in lower Thumaru. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I didn't notice enough, you know, different in the random. But, you know, it's random, so I could have just gotten a bum roll. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Dalton writes in via contact saying, I feel like the worst part of the Chalice Dungeons is that I really have nothing unique to say about them. I have a feeling everyone's responses will either be stating that Chalice Dungeons are stale and repetitive or defending them for not encroaching uh, or, yeah, for not encroaching on the main game. Uh, there are so many unique events and situations that can be discussed in detail in every Bloodborne area. Everyone has a favorite. In the Chalice Dungeons, it's just... Remember that cool part where you're fighting the five identical undead enemies in that dark, empty room? Or I really enjoyed walking through that one room with the stairs for the 15th time. It's all the same. That's probably the like the gravest sin mm-hmm. that they commit. Right. Yep. Like the like the it's a bigger spike. The the defiled bosses that I feel like are bad mm-hmm. is a is a way bigger individual problem. Yeah. But in the balance, the fact that I went through the same room so many dozens of times with yeah. identical situations is probably like the the biggest crime that they commit, or at least the most inexplicable one. Like FromSoft making some sacrifices in pursuit of difficulty mm-hmm. for an optional challenge thing, like is frustrating because I don't feel like it's a very smart decision, but at least it's a decision, mm-hmm. you know? Like it's very hard for me to imagine anyone choosing to just like, hey, this is just a bunch of dead ends a bunch of just rooms with guys and you get two bullets from going yeah. down there, you know, like that stuff I just don't get at all. It's an on simulator that only serves to lay bare the worst parts of the mechanics of this game. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh boy. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Anthony Saunders says via Facebook and contact. I mixed them up. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, these are an awesome idea and fun. If you do them um, one at a time, split up across your new game run. 
Depth 5 with modifiers are a blast. I think they ran out of time to polish them and shipped with too many of the required path, and that's the kind of mistake that can't really be fixed post-launch. Also, I really hope you have a Pro Chalice Dungeon guest on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we did it on the first one. Mm-hmm. We had Jeremy on the uh, the first one, but this one, um, it's. Oh, I'm going to take a moment and address that real quick because yep. if people are wondering why we didn't, I just didn't want this to be like explicitly antagonistic. I didn't want to hold back because they're all things I really felt. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be explicitly antagonistic to somebody, you no. know, to like have somebody be like, I really enjoyed it, and to say the things I felt like I needed to say mm-hmm. to just have it be at somebody and make anybody feel bad. Yeah. Now, granted, I understand people could be listening to this and feel bad because we didn't like this thing you liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a little bit different than actually talking to somebody. <sighs> yeah, like it doesn't need to be a conflict. Yeah, I didn't want yeah. it to be a conflict. And I knew Cole and I were on the same page with things uh, with this. And if Cole and I disagreed, that'd be like we're the host. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But it was a conscious decision not to have another guest on this once I kind of figured out what yeah. the episode was going to look like. Yeah, like we wouldn't want to get uh, like, a, like a stranger on to hear the to hear us at our, you know, great gripiest. Yeah, we, um, yeah, we wanted to be ourselves like, yeah. completely for it. So. And any of our friends who like these, I wouldn't feel comfortable um, saying the things that I would want to say um, in front of them, especially if they professed for it. Well, for me, for me, I already have said those things to those people. Yeah. Like my friends who like them, like Jeremy and Allison and some people mm-hmm. on Slack, like they all know, they've all heard this before. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to put them in a position where they feel like they have to defend something they no. didn't do. You know, that just felt like it was going to lead to hurt feelings or exactly. like, or a le- like a tempered episode, mm-hmm. a tempered, damp, sweaty episode, <laughs> you know, arcane or something like that. So like, a honed uh, episode. Pr- parentheses for, um, <laughs> So I, I didn't want to do that. So uh, sorry to disappoint you, but that was an intentional choice. Yeah. Um, he uh, Anthony continues. The Chalice Dungeons are a lot like Dark Souls 2. I see a lot of dismissive gripes or even outright hate, and I even agree with many of the specific complaints. But at the end of the day, I love them both despite their flaws. I just love exploring the grimy dark tunnels, fighting stages, and tackling the Chalice-specific bosses. My hope is that if From revisits this idea in, the, in a future Souls-like or Bloodborne sequel, that they streamline the path to whatever the equivalent of the Depth 5 dungeons are, because that's where the Chalices really come into their own. I find myself running through them uh, on my new characters as early as I can handle them. Uh, the point... Uh, 107 patch made getting co-op in the story dungeons much easier and I just have a blast fighting alongside other hunters in these filthy crypts. Yeah. The the, the patch definitely does. I mean, so we have like one foot in the grave and one foot and the chalice here because yeah. our, our first our first episode didn't you know talk about the kind of multiplayer side of this and in fact i think we may have even pointed out how hard it is to do multiplayer that's a way that they really improved this yeah so and, and we'll give that credit yeah you know and also i'll give credit to uh, it being more fun if you can have co-op yeah just like so most things are <laughs> yeah yep yep um, Emily Bracken writes in via Facebook saying, Around the end of October, I decided to finally finish the Ihil Chalice for my Platinum Trophy. I got the first two bosses of Ihil down um, within a few hours. Great! Uh, with just one boss standing between me and my trophy, I logged out of the game in the middle of the chalice to eat lunch. When I came back, I found myself stuck on a blank gray screen. I had a UI, but couldn't use any items or move. After a minute or two, my invisible character seemed to die, and I was kicked out to the title screen. Um, when I logged in again, the cycle repeated itself again and again. I was stuck in a gray soup. Worrying that my save file had been corrupted, I restored from my last cloud save, which was two weeks old. I lost all of my Ihil Chalice's uh, progress and about half of my new game plus progress. I shut down the game and have been too disheartened to turn it on since then, not even for the new, for the new DLC. 
I'm no stranger to feeling discouraged when uh, playing Souls games, but losing hours of progress over a glitch is a whole new level of pain. A PSA for your listeners. Back up your cloud saves often, and don't log out in the middle of a chalice dungeon. Mm. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, that, that is sucks. a bummer. Uh, that is yeah. not specifically a problem with the chalices, but I'm going to blame it anyway. Um, yeah. Good content. <laughs> I would feel. I would. I would feel fine going and doing again. Like it sucks, but like yeah. here, so me. You know, here two months later that she's still discouraged, discouraged enough to not even be able to look at the DLC, which is amazing. Like yeah. that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't want to redo it either. It's like there's certain things that have no replay replay value. It's something I whenever I lose a. Uh, progress on an edit like if my computer crashes mm-hmm. when i'm editing an episode it's like I, I enjoy editing podcasts but boy does it have no replay value <laughs> like it, whenever you have to do it again it is a huge bummer um yeah so that that definitely sucks and everyone should back up their stuff <laughs> um emily also just as a side note and i point this out whenever she writes in is the person who uh discovered the winter lantern um doll clothing yeah. thing yeah so that's... super cool yeah, that's forums, fantastic. Or, like, you know, forums community hero Emily Bracken. <laughs> um, Vivian uh, says via Facebook, noted forums troll Vivian uh, says <laughs> she's nice to me. I don't understand. Yeah, she just doesn't like me. Um, <laughs> gathering slash buying materials to open the next chalice when ninety percent of them, a hundred percent, if we're talking the sub five death, will have no meaningful rewards is a kick in the teeth. Lost slash uncanny weapons would be an okay way to handle this if they differed from the normal weapons in any way other than gem slots which uh, everyone is just going to fill with the largest percentage damage gems of the appropriate type they can find because the gem system is half-baked and poorly implemented. Even something like uh, retextured palette swaps of armor sets would have given me some incentive to explore instead of beelining for the boss door levers and using glyphs from the internet to grab runes and blood rocks. Yeah, yeah. Well, well put as always. And uh, yeah, plays into, in my mind, like a larger problem with, with Bloodborne's incentive uh, program. You know, incentive program. <laughs> yeah. If you if you punch ten blood rocks, you get the the eleventh one free. Yeah, the, th- um, the Thumerian entitlements. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. From from I hold sub sub shop. <laughs> um, this sub is uncanny. <laughs> um, <laughs> our flavor. My sub the, is lost. Oh, <laughs> um, the uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, she she is right that yeah. uh, the the lost and uncanny weapons have never proven much of a carrot for me. And again, they feel like a leftover, like a vestigial organ for PvP to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, but if they had like made cosmetic changes to gear and yeah, hid them I, in I here, I could see it for fashion souls. Like, oh God, no! People would yeah. go. People would go batty for that shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even though that would still that would end up being like people would complain about it because they end up grinding. Yeah, because because they feel compelled to do that because somehow like we've we've ended up in a world where cosmetic differences are the thing that people value most in games. Yeah, or <laughs> they're willing to spend the most time games, and money yeah. on. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what a world when what a world sexier than this <laughs> oh has from gone too far yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh steven writes in via facebook saying the idea of the chalice dungeons is cooler than the general execution if they had cut out the hintertomb chalice and maybe a layer in each dungeon with higher quantities of ritual materials found elsewhere maybe people wouldn't be so down on them uh, since the eyes and Lauren chalices have different configurations and more interesting enemies. That being said, I enjoyed my time well enough with them as roguelike-esque runs, roguelike-esque, wow, uh, with my Bloodborne <laughs> character. I can't imagine uh, having to do them with any kind of obligation or deadline in mind, though. Thank you guys sincerely for your commitment to the show. 
Oh, well, hopefully you still feel that way after the episode. Yeah. Um, you know, because we I don't think we were very gracious about it. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, with all the best will in the world for towards ourselves. But um, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not, again, like it, the the deadline and commitment uh, thing didn't change the way we experienced them. Yep. It's just that we did it all. Uh, <laughs> we did you know, it so, all. Yeah, it's just that, that it happened at all. But um, yeah. No, no, uh, no point of, of disagreement as far as the ones that have kind of cooler enemies and mm-hmm. the fact that you could have made the worst level in Bloodborne rather than just the worst from soft thing ever <laughs> if you had just cut them down considerably. Yeah. Like, and I would have made very similar choices. Like the hinder tombs are not interesting. Yeah. Um, Connor Martin says via Facebook, the tragedy that struck this ailing land of Lauren is said to have its roots in the scourge of the beast. Some have made the dreaded ex- uh, extrapolation that Yarnum may be next. That bit of text, coupled with context of the old hunters, constituted the most significant story development for me. I could be wrong, but this seems to indicate either an invasion of the nightmare into the waking world or the disillusion of the real world into the nightmare. There are places in the nightmare, as well as in the chalice dungeons, where the ground seemed to just disappear and stretch on to a foggy infinity. And on one of my later playthroughs, I made a correlation that I had previously written off as a glitch. After using the first elevator in, in Hemwick, uh, Hemwick Carnal, Charnel Lane, uh, there is a chasm directly ahead where the ground does exactly the same thing. The ground seems to go on uh, to a yellowish-gray nothing with the contours of the rock trailing off and disappearing. I've been theorizing endlessly since this thought occurred to me, and while this doesn't really have anything to do with the chalices themselves, I feel like their presence of the game, specifically ailing Loran and Ease, uh, give uh, that really delayed sense of having wandered through a long, grueling maze to finally come upon uh, a depth where a thin spot between the corporeal world and those distant cosmoses where things are still either lingering or leaking through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish that there was anything in the text to back that up. Like, yeah, like I love it, that. I love that shit. Like the, like the, like the maze and just kind of the tedium going deep enough that you break through into something higher. Like, yeah. Yeah. Even though it's, it's cause there, there is, um, text and other examples of the real world breaking into the dream mm-hmm. but it's never it's never shown as a true two-way street right um one of the things that's going to be um again talking to no, noted forums troll uh vivian uh online and the, she said that i agree with is that like in the end and this is probably intentional like the figuring out exactly what in bloodborne is like a dream a dream by which another dimension a dream by which somebody's personal hell a dream by which a memory you know, like a, a corrupted yeah. version of the past. Like it has so many different stacked up, yeah, all like different realities. Yeah. Um, Redgrave, when he does the uh, the updated version of the uh, the Pale Blood Hunt, he has a thing where he says the first version he did, um, he felt like it was the definitive story of Bloodborne, and that's why he's writing it. And then everyone kind of came forward with their theories, and then said, you know, this is not a game with a definitive version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's largely because of that. Yeah. Um, like we are, we're always fans of our head canon, and and like whenever we talked about Souls games, like there's the the explanation that like if all explanations are plausible, the one that you like the best is super valid. Yeah. And I think that's more true of Bloodborne than any other entry in the series. Yeah. Well, just because like yes, it, it is multiple dreams stacked onto the others, but also these liminal states in between. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. You know, dreamy weemy, like it's a it's it's a real soup of subjectivity, which yeah, just, uh, you know, like it, it, if there's nothing in the text that contradicts it, then yes, it can be true. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Um. Let's see here. Tom writes in via Facebook saying, "I have two very distinct sets of reactions to the Chalice Dungeons. Uh, the first is the levels themselves. 
At their best, they're well-compartmentalized, frantic, discrete, hard-mode challenge areas, with a few runs needed to work out the quickest route to dodge through the murder, sorry, to dodge through and murder the spider-summoning bell maidens, uh, then turn around and clear up everything that you aggroed along the way. Oh, and some of them look really, really cool. Uh, Looking up to see the dozens of shroud-wrapped bodies hanging from the ceiling or edging across the bridge, stretching across the dark chasms. At the worst, they're sprawling level sections with a bunch of hard enemies that lead up to nothing. Literally nothing. Just a dead end in a tunnel somewhere. And the endless frustration of treasure, that's in quotes, meaning buy one chalice dungeon, get one free coupons. <laughs> Again, another good one. Yeah, I held subs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then there are the bosses Uh, a couple of them were just frustrating i'm looking at you to file a challenge watchdog Uh, but some of them were among the most challenging and satisfying fights in the game particularly when i managed a fight solo that i'd been struggling with like defiled amygdala amygdala rather um and the yardum fight was well balanced not too hard and thematically and visually incredibly striking overall I'm glad that I got to do the really cool parts, but I do wish the past the parcel wrapping paper layers um, in the way of them had uh, been less numerous and the less and sorry, and less coded in pain inducing neurotoxins. Yeah. 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 I think we all agree that just less yep. would have been great because um, I don't think at no point where Cole and I ever arguing that there's nothing good in them. Yep. You know, um, so uh, and, and I agree largely on the things that you like about them, too. Mm hmm. Um, Nick says eye contact as a soul's virgin who simply could get, could not get enough after the credits are rolled. I enjoyed the chalice dungeons a lot. Sure. They had some very annoying sections, literally any part with spiders and the repeating format and scenery were quite dull, but I welcomed any chance to fight unique bosses not found in the main game. I feel like the boss battles are the meat of these games. And while the euphoric feeling of finding the shortcut that lets you completely skip the annoying section, uh, you just spent the last hour on, uh, is merely imitated with the switches. It delivers on what I want. That feeling you get when you find the shortcut pales in comparison to downing a tough boss for the first time, and since there are plenty of brand new bosses to be found, I can easily say that I enjoy the dungeons as a whole. Even the Defile Chalice, which was a horrible pain in the ass uh, that I would likely not admit that I enjoyed when I was playing it, forced me to approach the game from an angle other than uh, get hit much and heal often, which made me a better player in the process. The final encounter with Yarnum was a cakewalk compared to everything preceding it, uh, but was still a unique and interesting fight that I enjoyed every second of. Bloodborne was my first platinum. Congratulations. Yeah, part of the Plat Club. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is going to come, like what I mentioned in the last one, like we thought there were good things too. A lot of it's going to uh, determine whether that good stuff outweighs the bad for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I can say objectively, and and some of it is, is, is totally subjective, like whether, you know, those bosses, those defiled bosses are actually good. But I can say objectively that the shit that most people agree is bad, you spend an order of magnitude more time on yeah. than the stuff that people say is good. Mm-hmm. So like, even if you, you know, if you end up liking the bosses, pl- you know, fighting unique bosses is how you're going to spend a very slim minority of your a, chalice time. Just a vanishing proportion of this, yeah. of this experience. Almost none of it is spent doing that. Like it's, it's what you're going to come away from and mem- remember, but you spend so little actual chronological real estate doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gross. Yeah. So, 
Joseph writes in via contact saying, I'm probably in the minority on this, but I really liked the Chalice Dungeons. I didn't approach them like I usually approach new Souls content. Instead, I treated them like New Game Plus runs, where I tend to listen to podcasts and experiment with different weapons and items. I was pleasantly surprised by the later chalices, which introduced new rooms and enemies. Seeing the canyon with the rope bridges or that huge underground swamp for the first time came pretty close to the new area sound experience. I agree that the amount of dungeons required to progress to Yarnum is excessive, which is kind of a bummer. The visuals of this underground necropolis are very evocative and conjure up uh, stories of long-forgotten tombs and catacombs. The Sunken King DLC handled this sort of imagery uh, with a much tighter design, which these levels, of course, lack. I'm not a very competent Soulsman. I tend to progress through these games not by skill, but through sheer perseverance. The Defiled Chalice was some next-level shit served as a brief glimpse... Um, which served as a brief glimpse of the way people like Lobos must perceive these games. I died time and time again until my eyes could see the very code of the game. I soloed them all, crushing them under my cu- under the cumulative weight of my corpses flung at them from the nearest lamp in what I consider to be my proudest achievement in Souls. The Queen herself just felt like a victory lap after that. It's interesting. So I, I always bring this up, but like I don't read these before we record. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how we can come to the same uh, conclusions, but just feel differently about them. <laughs> yep. Because like I, I talk specifically about being able to like see the code. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just I can see the algorithms that they're they're fighting. I just felt bad about it. <laughs> like it just made me mad and and like gross. Felt gross. Like, it, did, it, just, it didn't feel like an achievement. It felt like a necessity. <laughs> it, it feels like a rote memorization. It's like yeah. the difference between English class and and history class, you know, <laughs> or like like in in grade school, where like, you know, you're not you're not making an argument or or saying an idea or telling a story. You're just saying dates and names. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like it turned it into dates and names. Yeah, you know, like Simon, <laughs> um, and not of the Bowblade, but just regular. <laughs> you know, the 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 memory matching game. Yeah. Um, Anthony says via contact. FromSoft and Souls games in general have a certain air of quality about them. Every detail feels so specifically planned out, each area serves a purpose, and you are rarely put into a situation where you spend so much time doing the same thing that it becomes tiresome. The Chalice Dungeons are the first time playing a Souls game where I had to stop halfway through because I was so bored. I understand the argument of you don't have to play them, so they can't take away from the game. But that's not a very good line of thought in my opinion. Look at all the other optional areas in past Souls games. Amen. Uh, (laughs) Demon's Souls had a few... uh, hidden off optional segments in each world and from the post vanguard tutorial area to the hidden prison housing Uria and Bior in world one all of them were small and easy to miss but were rewarding to play through and gave you some goodies dark souls famously had ash lake as its entire area that's both optional and hard to get to which also manages to have some sweet gameplay moments and heavy lore significance hell even bloodborne has forsaken castle canehurst buried away (laughs) what i'm getting at is that just because something is optional doesn't mean it should be ignored when looking at the overall quality of the game sure you can skip the chalice dungeons but you can also play them and they are long repetitive boring and unrewarding fuck the fucking chalice dungeons and shame on whoever from fromsoft was in charge of quality control on these things amen (laughs) boy we didn't i didn't make that comparison to other optional content but you Mm -hmm. were this is this is the con the comment I've agreed with most in the history of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, you are my favorite commenter, and and, and, and everybody is, else I've should never, feel bad. <laughs> I've never agreed with anything more than this. Like like painted world of Ariamis, uh, the, the, yep. the upper cathedral. Like there's so many optional areas. Like in this very op- game, yeah, optional areas that are not an insult. Mm-hmm. Like you are so like that boy. Thank you for shutting down that counter argument <laughs> thoroughly. 
and with panache. Yeah. I'm really good at compartmentalizing. Like, I don't think a bad ending will ruin the stuff that came before it most times, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I just, I can, I can put this thing over here and I can put this stuff over here and enjoy the stuff that's over here and ignore the stuff that's over there most Mm -hmm. of the time, right? You know, Mm -hmm. and at least when I'm not looking at the thing holistically, the it's optional. So you don't have to do it and you shouldn't judge the rest of the game by a thing only works. If you never go in there only works, if you never feel compelled to go, to go into it, like there, there are only two ways that the chalice dungeons can end, you know, at least that I saw them ending for me. It was either finishing them and feeling like I wasted, you know, between all of these, you know, 20 something hours of my life or, Mm -hmm. Um, if I wasn't playing it for the show, going until I got frustrated for the first time and saying, well, this kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then going and enjoying the rest of the game, but knowing it was there and taunting me with new stuff behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can compartmentalize too, but it just uh, optional has never meant throwaway mm-hmm. for these guys before. Like we did, um, you know, like you play, you play Doom and there's that optional level that's like the first level for Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cute. Right. But yeah. it's not like the best content in the game. Like the painted world of Ariamis is like one of the best levels in souls. You know, it's not like I've just kind of come to expect better <laughs> from these guys. And that's part of what it was is they've set a precedent that they've broken. Yeah. Um, for, for a lot of my, a lot of my time. Yeah. So wrap us up here. With yes. Sean with the yeah. war hunter. Yes. Sean Wagner writes in via the contact page saying, I think I'm going to fall in line with many of the comments about Chalice Dungeons when I say that there are too many of them and that their visual design and layouts are samey and tedious. As someone who comes to these games foremost for how they tell stories and build worlds, the Chalice Dungeons have very poor story-to-content ratio. And the level design is straight-up mediocre. And I won't even try to defend the BS Ritual Materials collection that you're forced to do. I will admit that they are made much more fun by summoning other players or NPCs, and that I do think the Bloodborne combat is uh, so much fun that having uh, endless iterations of enemies to fight through uh, can be fun occasionally. Uh, The highlight of Chalice Diving for me was the Defiled Chalice. Maybe I was uh, averse to exploring the layers of the dungeon, uh, but I feel, uh, sorry, but I felt like I got to the bosses of the Chalice quickly, making it more of a boss gauntlet than anything else. Uh, some players may find the uh, may find the nine perfect play required to beat the bosses to be unfair, but I personally thought the Watchdog and Abangdala were predictable enough to make it fun and challenging to me. I think the worst challenge in the entire game is, regrettably... Worst chalice. Sorry. Well, the worst chalice in the entire game is, regrettably, uh, Thumeru Ihil. The Parasite Bloodletting Beast in particular gave me a lot of frustration and trouble, embodying the worst aspects of Bloodborne's gameplay. A small space with a big enemy, making the camera the true boss, leading to confusion and getting killed by moves that I couldn't properly see because I was too busy trying to wrestle with the camera. That being said, Yarnum, Thumerian Queen, uh, was a great fight and a fitting conclusion to getting the Platinum. She was tough, and it took a few tries to figure her out, uh, but once I got the rhythm of avoiding her attacks and taking out her clones, I was able to beat her. Overall, I'm not a huge fan of chalices, but I would also be disappointed if From never explored them again. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because the, the same things that you didn't like about Bloodletting Beast are why I didn't like uh, Watchdog Defiled. <laughs> you know, like, it, it's like those, it's, we're having the same problems, we're just running into them in different different yeah. locations, which is just... Uh, you know, that's, you know, souls find your weakness. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, when you talk about them trying it again, I, I tweeted this and it was a, a pithy tweet, but it's also, I, I think it's true, is that I want them to come out with Bloodborne 2 
and with a bunch of mechanical improvements. So you and I can love it, Cole, mm-hmm. and everyone else can complain about it not having Miyazaki-ness. <laughs> like, we'll love it. It'll be it'll have a, a worse story that doesn't need to be told, but will be mechanically stronger and have a lot of ease of use and cool things so we can just really like it. And them fixing, you know, chalices, like it's, it's a 10-level boss rush with all unique bosses and no in-between content. Mm-hmm. Bam, really cool. And then uh, we really, really love it. But then, you know, there's there's one elevator that goes sideways and everybody loses their shit. <laughs> like the one so, from Willy Wonka? Yep. There's a, there's a great glass elevator and everyone goes, this is fucking weird. Why, why are you going to the, the, the candy land? Here? Yep. How yeah. am I gumdrop lane? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. But anywho. Um, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Uh for, for your responses, I think, you know, most people who responded, I think, actually like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of that is because I feel like we set ourselves up in opposition. Um, so that they kind of came through. So there, there's, yeah. I don't think anyone was doing it just to spite us, but there was a, a, a you know, people knew where we were at going into it. Yep. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thanks everybody for your responses. This is the longest comment section we've ever done. Um, happy to do it to give fair airing of uh, everyone's opinion. Definitely. On these controversial things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that we're never doing again. A supposedly nope. controversial thing I'm never doing again. Exactly. Um, if you have any thoughts on the end game or about the DLC, um, go ahead and mm-hmm. send those to um, duckfeed.tv slash contact. Um, and we will put those together into future appendices. Uh, you can also watch the Facebooks uh, at uh, facebook.com slash bonfireside chat for uh, prompts on those. But, you know, sooner is always better. Indeed. Um, yeah. And uh, there's no deleted scenes. Um, mm-hmm. It just didn't happen this way. We, we just kind of got right to business because we knew we had to record for a long time. It's mm-hmm. very late where Cole's at. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, ratings, reviews, uh, patreon.com forward slash TV mm-hmm. are all great things that you can do yeah. uh, that really help us out. And uh, we appreciate all the support that everyone's already given us. Yeah. And I hope we didn't upset you. Yeah, it was not. It's not personal. I stand by everything I said. Mm-hmm. I wasn't saying it just to hurt anybody's feelings. Yep. Like they're all things I actually think about this, this work of art that neither of us actually have any ownership over. So <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm not insulted by you liking it. Don't be insulted by me not liking it. <laughs> Umbasa. So, Umbasa. <laughs>